Okay, hello everyone and welcome to this month's Coffee Chats. We're happy to have you all on. This is supposed to be a casual conversation where we just talk about anything Monero related. So we're happy to see you here. And if you have any questions, put them in the chat. We'll be sure to leave some time to answer some of these questions. But as always, we're going to go through, do the introductions of who is able to make it here today to talk with you all. Um, and I can start with me since I'm already talking. Um, so my name is Justin. Uh, I am the organizer of the Monero Community Workgroup. And part of that involves having these coffee chats every month. Diego had. Uh, Diego took over for me last month when I was was busy, but I'm, but I'm back. I'm, I'm not gone yet. Um, and uh, we have a lot of other people here today that are able to talk about varying other aspects of Monero. There's a lot to cover considering we just had the exciting Monero software updates the past uh, past two days. Um, and so we can talk about that. We can talk about a variety of other things on the agenda. But um, how we go through, we can have uh, Mateus introduce themselves. Yeah, hello, I'm Matthias, uh, aka Parasev. Uh, was asked, uh, my name is actually pronounced, my nickname is pronounced. <laughs> um, I'm running the uh, Austrian Monero meetup and uh, yeah, also uh, try to help out with different uh, parts of the Monero project where I can. Uh, like, for example, we're also trying to cover a lot of uh, different um, uh, events going on that are covering topics of pri uh, privacy and transparency and all these kinds of topics. Uh, and I'm also running the Riot Initiative. It's an NGO in Vienna where we're trying to um, educate people about uh, privacy, Monero. Okay, thank you so much. How about Sarang? Hello, I am Sarang Nother, one of the mathematicians at the Monero Research Lab. And I'm excited to answer any questions about bulletproofs or about the network upgrade. Hi. Sweet Rang. Um, we'll definitely be sure to reference you later on in the conversation. Um, all right, Diego. How's it going, everybody? Uh, you know me as the guy who ran the last coffee chat last month, and there was technical issues and stuff didn't go as expected and all that different type of stuff, right? So uh, it's okay. We got SGP here. Now he's going to make everything better. But <laughs> my name is Diego. People know me on the community as Rarar. I do website stuff. I help the core team with different stuff. And I do, um, I guess my job is to help a bunch of antisocial nerds not kill each other on IRC. So that's, that's basically what I do for the community 75% of the time. Uh, I'm happy to be here and just be a family. You know what I'm saying? Just be a family. Sweet. Thank you, Diego. All right, John Allen. Hey, what's up, Justin? So can you hear me? Is that cool? Yeah, we can all hear yeah. you. Yeah, so yeah, I'm John Allen. Uh, I help write a little bit of the iOS My Monero wallet. Uh, I contribute on IRC, try to answer some questions. I'm an enthusiast for cryptocurrency. I'm a privacy enthusiast. I work in my personal life uh, in the cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency industry as an architect. Uh, and yeah, I'm just uh, happy to be part of the community like Rarar is and just uh, help people out and just uh, progress the, the, the whole community. That's it. All right. Thank you, John. Maria?
Uh, Maria, do you want to introduce yourself? Ah. Uh, can everyone else hear her, or is, is she also having connection issues for you too? I, I think she. Uh, I think she disconnected. Okay, so hopefully we can hear back uh, from her soon. Wait, uh, yeah, hopefully we can hear back from her soon. And, I think uh, she. Yeah, she just reconnected. Uh, we just made it in time for um, introductions. Ziago, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Awesome. Hey guys. So I'm Ziagu, uh, uh, Church of Monero guy, uh, <laughs> and I know some people have different thoughts on that, but that's who I am, and uh, happy to be here. And uh, Diego and Justin and everyone else who is a part of this and you know contributing to the community, I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Love Church of Monero. Love Church of Monero. It's awesome. Yeah. It's. Yeah, Maria. I, 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 no, sorry. Go, Stephen. I was just gonna. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I uh, I understand some of the you know some other people um, might not like the the name that we used for the for the organization Church of Monero uh, because you know Monero is very scientific and academic and religion is antithetical to that. Uh, but I I'm trying to just create a group of people that can organize together and have fun doing it and. If we can meme it into success, then that'd be great. And if we benefit the Monero community doing it, then our volunteer time is worth it. So. Siago, I think it's very cool. I think what you're doing is really cool. And I, I'm a scientific guy. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so again, Maria, if you can, you can speak up whenever you um, have the opportunity to just make sure to interrupt us all so you can introduce yourself. Um, we can start off with the explanation of the general protocol upgrades that we had. There were actually two two different hard forks or two different protocol upgrades the past uh, two days. So on Thursday the 18th, Monero updated to version 8, which made uh, version 8. And then on Friday, Monero updated to version 9. And we can speak a little bit more about why we had this sort of two-tier within-a-day approach. Um, which was a little confusing to some people. So if you have questions regarding that, we'll be happy to talk a little bit more about those particularly. Um, in general, though, with the updates, uh, Monero uh, increased its privacy by having a larger mandatory ring size. It increased to 11. Monero um, implemented bulletproofs, which I'll have Serang talk about in a second. And Monero also changed its mining algorithm to be incompatible with any machines that would be optimized for the previous mining algorithm that, that Monero used, therefore hopefully uh, helping the decentralization of the network by keeping certain uh, manufacturers of ASIC hardware from being able to control the network. And uh, it doesn't seem like we had nearly the same sort of uh, ASIC like prevalence across the network like we did in, in spring. The hash rate dropped indeed, but only slightly especially compared to uh, in April. Um, but those are some things that were sort of covered. Are there any other updates that people thought were pretty cool? Um, otherwise, we can hand it over to Serang and talk about the, uh, what, what bulletproofs are. I, I mean, the, the fact that fees are so low is incredible. Like, I, it's mind-blowing that you can send Monero now for, what, a penny? Seven cents? Like, Whoa there. Penny? Whoa there. A penny? I think it like, like big spend. <laughs> no, 
that that was that was my joke in the subreddit. There was someone that's like, I can send a transaction for a cent, and I'm like, look at you, high roll over there, sending a transaction for one cent, flashing your pennies everywhere. <laughs> because for most with, transactions, with with, with, with the ring size of, of eleven as well, let's not forget that with a ring size of actually eleven, right, which is even bigger than it was before, right? Yeah. I think it's it's actually pretty incredible because then when you consider in the dynamic block size, like I think this thing scales better than maybe even Bitcoin at this point. I don't know, maybe that's up for some like technical discussion, but you get damn near perfect privacy and it's cheap and scalable. I mean, what more do you want? Yeah, I know Arctic Mine is one of the the big community members on the core team that is is. Uh, well, they're, they're one of the community members that continuously speaks about scaling. And if you watched his most recent interview on, um, on Monero Talk, uh, he spoke about how scaling is something that's it's, it's more of a hardware problem. That, and we don't need to worry too much as hardware continues to evolve. We'll see if bandwidth really continues on that upward trajectory or if Comcast gets to put their argument in there. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, any other thoughts before we move on to like what both groups are regarding the upgrade? Do we think it went pretty smoothly? Um, that there's room for improvement anywhere? There's always room for improvement on this stuff, man. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's the decentralization aspect is that some things can get a bit chaotic and uh, there needs to be a bigger push from the community in terms of uh, downloading the binaries, I mean, not the binary, sorry, downloading and building the code and testing it, testing it, testing it. Because unfortunately what happens is everybody waits until everything is released before downloading and testing the new stuff, which means bugs are found and all this different type of stuff. Oh shoot, Justin just left. Okay, now he's back. So um, there, there really needs to be a concentrated effort to just get a whole bunch of people to test on Mac, on Linux, on Windows, on whatever you have, just test because waiting until the last minute to test these things is is really um, making making it so we have to cut it very close to the fork in terms of when we get stuff out just because there's so many new bugs that are discovered because that's when people start testing. So if you're watching out there right now, just be prepared next month. I mean, it's pretty easy uh, to help test and stuff. So let's... Uh, Let's see if we can't make that happen. Yeah, you guys can do it. I believe in you. I think this is actually something where the Church of Monero might be useful, is because we have a lot of people that aren't necessarily technical, but they know how to use the the software. And if I don't really know much about the testing process, but if I could work with like Diego or someone else who could kind of like step me and the other people in the church through, like we can just get 20, 30 people um, to do all the different sorts of testing, and we have a concentrated, centralized effort to to do that. I think that's one of the applications. Awesome. And how do you think we did at reaching out to exchanges and other pools and so forth? In the past, we've generally had we've we've had large community pushes, um, especially if a few years ago, we used to have a list of all the mining pools and if they've upgraded and large exchanges and if they've upgraded. Do you think that is still necessary given the state of Monero's ecosystem? Do you think that's generally too complicated? Or do you think generally exchanges and uh, mining pools sort of get what's up now with Monero and are, are good at updating? I think they get what's up. Uh, but here's what I would say. 
ultimately Monero is not like a partner of these exchanges. You know, before the grace of, of our development go we, you know, the kind of way in the sense that, uh, you know, we are completely and uh, we're we're not led by anyone. So like it's up to us to communicate as a community out to these exchanges. And and you got to remember the exchanges like the Krakens and the Poloniexes, which are owned by Circle, for example, like they are big business. They are American entities or, you know, they, they, they need guidance on it. And uh, we can't expect them, I, in my view, as kind of corporations to really keep track of the esoteric kind of uh, interactions of uh, micro communities of, of, of developers. So I think it's important that we have some kind of outreach program that says, hey, professionally, we are, we are this, this is our communication to you that, hey, this, this upgrade is happening and it's important for you to upgrade this. Or if you don't, these are the consequences. And I, I think we, we, we do need to do that. I, I'm interested in hearing what everyone else thinks though. I think one thing that we need to do a better job at is getting the word out to kind of big public node networks. So, I know kind of just prior to when everything went live, um, I was I was testing out support on some of the nodes using like Monoruyo. So, you know, pick some basically all the defaults um, like public node aggregators that it specifies and just try to figure out like, oh, is it connecting properly? And like, would an average user be able to use this Android app successfully? And it, it still is hitting nodes that haven't upgraded yet. So that's a bad user experience. And that even goes beyond kind of the big exchanges and, and anything like that. I think it was also interesting to see um, that a few of the, of the main explorers didn't update. So, um, and also we have seen a few quirks in the, in the last- uh, Oh yeah. Week. As of last night, some of the big ones were still running on like the wrong chain. And again, that's, you know, technically we had two upgrades one that enabled bulletproofs and one that required it. But it led to, I think, uh, at least it led to enough confusion that it wasn't, I think that part wasn't great. It wasn't clear like, oh, are these blocks happening? Are these transactions going through? Sarang, there wasn't there wasn't uh, like separate binaries for those two upgrades, right? It was just the same binary, right? No, 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 it, it, was, it was, but you know, for example, the explorers have to make sure they're running on the right chain and, you know, for example, like the, the, the public node thing just meant that the nodes themselves just had never upgraded. So they were presenting the wrong version, and so the app was incompatible, for example. But at any rate, these are things that I think are user-facing, and if they don't work, people worry about what's going on. You know, even if everything's fine, you know, my funds are fine, even if the remote node that I'm trying to access hasn't upgraded yet. And even if the explorer is showing something wrong, that doesn't mean my transactions didn't go through. But you don't know that for sure. And I think that's something we need to get a lot better at. I don't have a solution for it, but. It, and it, it really it really depends. So <clears throat> here's the issue. And, and I kind of agree with John Allen, and I kind of disagree on a tiny, on a tiny bit. If, if it's like an exchange's business to trade these coins, then in my opinion, it, they do have some responsibility to keep up with what's going on in their coin. I mean, this, they make money off of these coins. So they're, they're, all of the responsibility should not fall on the community. Like they need to have someone just kind of taking taking good look. So really, it depends on the it depends on the funding model of these things that we're trying to trying to work with. Because we want as a community to be friendly. Uh, we don't want to we want to be friendly to people that build up the ecosystem and exchanges build up the ecosystem in a way. I don't think they build it up in a big way as big as people give them credit for, but they certainly do build it up in a way. Um, but you know, then there's other stuff like, you know, public run nodes and stuff. And I think there's there's a certain level of grace that deserves to be given to projects that are much more volunteer focused. Um, 
And I, I think we as a community owe more, I don't want to say owe more resources in terms of outreach and stuff to these people because otherwise it's just bowing down before the money. Like, oh, these people are making their own money. They're not giving anything back to the community, but we're giving all of our resources to make sure that they are upgraded and they're the ones because, and, and that doesn't seem right to me. Like for, as an idealist, the people that are giving to the community, even if it's as simple as opening a public node uh, themselves and stuff, and they're doing it voluntarily, they're not making any money off of it. These are the people that I want to kind of focus my efforts in terms of outreach. The other people are like, well, you should let us know. I'm like, dude, you make money off of this. This is your business. Like <laughs> take some responsibility for the money that you're going to be making. And if we don't contact you, you can't, don't point fingers at us and say like, these, this community is unprofessional. They didn't let us know. Like, you know, man, if you were contributing back to this community, even like to the foreign funding system or anything like that, if you were contributing in a meaningful way, I can see what you're saying and I can, but like, you're not, you're profiting off of the work that we're doing. So put some work in yourself and at, at the very least, a minimum base level of work to see like, when is, when is a fork coming or something like that? I don't know. So I, I have slightly different views on the topic. It, it gets a little, gets a little frustrating that we're, we're bending over backwards for a lot of these people that do nothing for us as a community. Yeah, for the coin they do, but as a community, for, they don't do anything. It's a fair point. That's a fair point. I agree with that. I, I, just playing devil's advocate here. These these exchanges, like granted, Monero is a top ten coin, so it totally makes sense that exchanges should be on the ball for at least like the the high ranking coins. Um, but you can also make like from the perspective of the exchanges, they have how many different coins that they have to keep up with. Um, you know, are they going to have a, a different person for each one of those coins to be following the community, be finding out about upgrades to be coordinating with the community? Like I, I get the exchanges are making a ton of money and I'm not, I don't benefit from that in any way. But um, I, I think if the Monero community, if we have volunteer effort to coordinate with the exchanges and, and, and communicate with them more efficiently, then it'll just make our coin and community Monero better than every other community in the crypto ecosystem. Yeah, and, and I can see that, but it's like, okay, if they're, at that point, they're just getting greedy. It's like, oh, we want to add all these coins so we can make all the money off of all these coins. Okay, well, if, if you don't have the infrastructure, meaning personnel, that type of thing to keep up with these, then you shouldn't really be adding this coin. This is a business decision, and they're passing a burden of knowledge off to other people so that way they don't have to keep track of it. And I, I don't know, that just seems not cypherpunk it just seems it just seems so it's like these people of power giving this burden like we don't want to hold this burden we're going to give it to all you people who are already working hard and so we can make all the profit off of that and i, I it's a tough situation it's catch 22 because if we really don't work with anybody then you're right the monero ecosystem really falters just because you know we just we don't have any way to get into monero or out of monero any of that different type of stuff but um, I don't know. It's just as a super staunch idealist, this it, it just it's 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 annoying to me. I think there has to be balance. I mean, if you look at a bunch, I mean, we do upgrades often, so like this process has to happen more regularly than it might with a lot of other projects, which are typically pretty stable protocol wise over time. Um, but I mean, I know we have we have mailing lists set up, which I know was supposed to be part of this process. And I don't know what the status of their uptake is. But it's not like we're just throwing this stuff out and all the exchanges have to be reading the blog. 
It'd be great if we had a point of contact. Like if we just had someone in the outreach team or something that had uh, yeah. contact uh, with these various exchanges. Isn't Exmoor Halen, I think he's called, uh, isn't he on the Monero Outreach Program? Aren't they doing this kind of stuff? That's a good question. I, th I think it's part of their scope. I can't speak for the Monero Outreach team in entirety, but I know that part of their scope is facilitating these sort of conversations. Um, I think that like we have the, the Get Monero Informalist, and it was recently used to help share the uh, responsible disclosure of, I believe it was for the burning bug was the last time it was used. I don't know if there was any update pushed out for this protocol upgrade, but it might be useful to use that in the future to say, hey, we've upgraded the software now to ODAT 13, please upgrade. Um, I don't know if that was communicated um, as well as it could have been, but it, it's an option available. Um, and I, I don't think the Monero outreach team as it is now has taken on the role of contacting all these, these groups of people and organizations directly. And I don't know if that's what they want within their scope. I think it might be something that uh, if we're able to find people even in the, that want to contribute to like the Monero community work group and make that part of what we do, I think there's a lot of, there's a good argument there that we can include that in terms of our role. Um, I know that De Bruyne handled the upgrades in the past. I reached out to most of the mining pools um, earlier this year for the version seven upgrades. So I think um, those are things we can continue to do. I think it needs to be done because I think as much as I agree with Rara and is like, yes, we're cyberpunk. Yes, it's not, you know, we shouldn't be like kissing their arses. It still needs to be sorted out because ultimately they do provide liquidity and it is an important onboarding and uh, sorry, on ramp and off ramp. And, uh, you know, it's important that, that we handle it with, with the same level of professionalism that we do with our with our code. And if you look at what we've done with even, for example, the bulletproofs, right? So you got these fucking geniuses in MRL who put in the bulletproofs. You, they put so much effort in all the contributors, everyone has helped. Then they had it vetted. We had that moved out to external third party uh, auditors to have a look at it. We didn't just roll it out into production like, like some of the other shit coins did. It was really handled with care and it was handled with professionalism. And I think that level of integrity, that level of veracity needs to be kind of, and I think it is ubiquitous within the Monero ecosphere, but I think it's important that we can contribute that to, even to the exchanges, I think it'll make us a head and shoulders above the rest. Because I think it really separates the shit from the quality. Just to add to that, if we're, uh you know, the exchanges do provide on and off ramps and liquidity for, for Monero. And Monero is not on every single exchange in the world. And so if we want to encourage new exchanges to add Monero, we don't want them to, to you know, because you'd probably assume that most of these exchanges kind of all talk with each other. And if they're like, yeah, man, working with those Monero guys, that's a pain in the ass. They're, they want us to do all the work. And like, we, I'm sorry, we just don't have time or the resources for that. For whatever reason, maybe that's true or not. Um, whereas if we have a, a, at least a dedicated team of people or someone who can kind of go out and reach out to them and provide that level of professionalism and integrity that John Allen is talking about, then new exchanges can be like, damn, it was so easy to add Monero. They have someone there who volunteers their time, who makes it super easy. I didn't have to, you know, I've got 20 other things I've got to do in my job, but man, working with those Monero guys, that was super easy. You guys should definitely add them to your exchanges too. And then that increases our total liquidity and makes the just, that's so much better for the ecosystem. Right. And but and see like and I can see that, but like the the issue comes in 
this would be a different conversation if the amount of volunteer and human resources that we have is a lot. And it's not. Unfortunately, the vast majority of people do not give in any way to the community. And, um, you know, if you're watching right now and you're not involved, but you'd like to be, please contact me, SGP, anyone in the Monero community work group. We'd love to get you plugged in, find a place that you can help out. And it's, it's just the sad reality is that the few volunteers that we have are stretched so thin doing many different things. And, and if there is a group like the Church of Monero that can mobilize people that otherwise wouldn't be helping, then great, of course, you know, th this is something that, that they can do. But especially like <sighs> wanting people like, however you say his name, Debruni or um, people who are already have a lot of other stuff to do in, in terms of helping Monero and also have real lives, you know, um, Having people that are already stretched thin take on this this other thing as well is, I think, uh, not beneficial. But the goal should be to try to motivate other people who uh, who are not stretched so thin to do these types of things. Because it, what I what I consistently notice, especially after forks and stuff, is there's just this this community burnout from major contributors. Um, just because everyone is giving their all all the time, 24/7, up until like two weeks two weeks before the fork, up until the fork happens. And at that point, everyone's like, okay, let's let's take a breather. This this worked well. This happened okay. And uh, you get a lot of radio silence on the IRC from a lot of people for a long time. And I can't blame them. Um, so I guess this is less of a rant about the exchanges and more of a, of, of, a, of an encouragement to people watching that are watching now or will watch in the future. Please get involved. It's not, you don't have to like give all of your time. It's not like we have to make you sign a contract. Like, if you got 10 minutes a week, man, but you want to spend that 10 minutes, try, minutes trying to make this world a better place in Monero, a better community and place to be, please get involved. It's, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun, and, and we're a good group of people, I think. I'm pretty biased, but I think we're a good group of people, people to be around. So, um, yeah, it's kind of my talk kind of morphed this time. We're not something completely different, but that's okay. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to steer the conversation to a similar note as well. So first, if you are a contributor, if, if you are on the sidelines right now and, or have additional time to give, we definitely could use people to help with these these uh, these protocol upgrade processes just to help f uh, facilitate it to make it pretty uh, more smooth. We've done a, I think this one went pretty well, but um, we can still have people that reach out to exchanges, reach out to pools, that sort of a thing that in the community we've essentially ran out of time, <laughs> like the contributors have sort of not been able to maintain uh, the amount of ability we have in the past because the ecosystem has grown. So if you want to help with that, we absolutely would love help maintaining a list and the contacts of these, these large nodes, these large providers in the ecosystem and reaching out to them to make sure that they know what's going on. And I think that'll go a long way. Um, but uh, I was watching uh, some update by Edge Wallet, who is a cross-platform uh, a wallet provider that includes Monero. They actually integrate with the My Monero backend to provide support. Um, and they voiced that they generally disagreed with Monero's decision to have a hard fork that enabled bulletproofs and then another one a day later that made it mandatory. And uh, in the past with Ring CT, for instance, I know this is an even bigger change, um, but there was an over six-month gap between it being made um, being made uh, optional and being made mandatory. So do you think, it, I mean, I have my own opinion on this. I um, would love to hear your opinions to see if 
is this the right decision to have the two forks like in a very narrow window or do you think it's better to sort of space these out and do you think that Monero can sort of get away with small windows in the future? Well, it's, it's not like you had to run completely separate upgrades software-wise. If, if you keep things updated, you're fine. Basically, it just means that like there's triggers that end up hitting block height-wise that end up enabling this functionality. You know, If the question is, you know, oh, we're not quite ready to upgrade yet, well, it wouldn't really have mattered because if you didn't upgrade at all before the first network upgrade occurred that enabled bulletproofs, then the other parts of the consensus change would have meant that your transactions wouldn't have been accepted anyway. So I guess I'm not really sure what the complaint exactly is. Yeah, my general take on it too is in order for them to be ready for the the version eight part the, the version eight upgrade, the first one, um, they needed to already update their software because the ring size changed. So well, they exactly. already needed it was, to update for it. Version eight to version nine was a, a pretty small change. And yeah. it was just a trigger hit. And again, the purpose of that was to make sure that you know, transactions that were already submitted, you know, end up kind of neatly working their way through the mempool before that transition happens. So that was the point was to make it a little bit smoother for the end user. And yeah, I mean, if there's other reasons why they were not happy with that, I'd like to know what they are. But it's not like you could have just continued using the, you know, current software at the time and expected everything to work because we made other changes besides just bulletproofs enabling. Exactly. And, and, and ultimately, there's no reason not to use Bulletproofs. They're an elegant new range proof. They're fantastic. By the way, Sarang, I think uh, I want to just comment you and, and the MRL guys. You've done a fucking fantastic job. I mean, Thanks. It's, it's superb work. You should be so proud of yourselves. And, and, and all the contributors who've helped out, including Monero Moo and, and everyone else who, who got it across the line. And uh, I just think, I mean, hey, look, there's no reason not to use it. It's a more elegant range proof. What's the problem? Yeah, and yeah, and I, yeah, I, I, I really don't know what their issue was with having the two. But I, I don't know what that, I don't really know what that concern would be. All right, so while we have you, Strang, do you want to finally do your what is bulletproofs answer? Man, oh man. The short answer <laughs> the is, time. the short answer is transactions got a lot smaller. So an average simple transaction that you might do um, might have clocked in at 13 kilobytes, which is pretty big. You know, a Bitcoin transaction might be 600 bytes. So we were very large. So you might hit 13 kilobytes. And if you have, you know, multiple destinations for your transaction, that just starts skyrocketing extremely quickly. Um, so pool outputs, for example, um, payouts tend to be to a lot of different destinations. And bulletproofs are a way to treat that. So transactions get a heck of a lot smaller. Uh, right now, they're down to maybe around one and a half to two and a half kilobytes, down from 13, which is uh, huge. And for things like pool payouts that have a lot of destinations, that just gets intensely small. It's, it's absolutely nuts. You know, if you know how to use a chain explorer, take a look. Look at what, you know, old transactions might have been. Look what transactions are right now. And as a result, fees have dropped massively. So I was saying before we went on that um, I had bought a shirt with Monero from Diego's store. and before we did the upgrade, I think the fee I paid was like 20, 25 cents US dollar wise. And when I did it yesterday after the, the upgrade happened, it was like under half a cent US dollars. It was nuts. So uh, the complaints that people, 
Yeah, I, I love Diego Storage. Want to say that I ordered something from it. I actually just ordered. Yeah, amazing. I'm excited for my shirt to get here too. Yeah, it's it, now my I got a coffee shirt and it's, it's fucking awesome. So Diego, thanks for that, man. Yeah, yeah. So if you choose to buy from that or anywhere else, you know fees it's, did uh, go down substantially. It's Cipher Market, right? That that that's it. That's it. That's his store. CipherMarket.com. Is that right, Diego? Yeah, I'll, I'll show it pretty soon. CipherMarket.com. Seventy-five percent of everything you buy goes to FOSS projects around the world. Blah blah. blah. It's great stuff. So yeah, if you know, fees went down, transactions got a lot smaller. So that helps to address the complaints, the legitimate complaints people had about the fact that the blockchain is growing so fast. And I cannot wait to see the charts. You know, maybe next month, where we get to see how much slower our blockchain is growing now. Fees went down a lot. That addresses another complaint people had. Um, transaction verification, which uh, comes into play primarily if you bring a new node online and you have that long blockchain sync process. The existing blockchain will be you know, about as slow to process. It's gotten faster for other reasons, but the new Bulletproof stuff, those transactions are faster to sync. So going forward, we're helping future users be able to sync faster as well. So it's a win, it's a win, it's a win. Just a huge Sarang, win across the board. Sarang, two questions. It, it, it is you mentioned that for for pools the, the it, it's nearly it, is it like like o log n kind of uh, complexity for the for their payouts yeah so right now um yeah exactly so so right now if you had a you know right now if you have multiple destinations for your transaction like a pool payout might happen um, each of those range proofs is basically tacked on one after the other so it just grows linearly which is terrible right now if you add additional destinations to your transaction it's just, it is a marginally tiny increase in transaction size. So if you look on a chain explorer, for example, and you see a transaction that has, you know, 11 or 16 outputs, destinations, you can see that the size of that transaction is just marginally bigger um, than a standard, like two output transaction, for example. So the, the scaling on that is fantastic. It's just, it's, it's unreal. That's superb. Well done. Yeah. So again, from the end user's perspective, if you've upgraded your software, you don't have to know any of this, except you get to see your fees go down. And that's great. Go ahead, Diego. Yeah, I was just, uh, I was, um, we, we talked, or we spoke at, uh, Sarang and I, we spoke at the DEF CON um, earlier in August, and you were explaining to me some of the, the basics of the, the, the confidential transactions. And then afterwards, I looked into the, um, the, the paper by Greg Maxwell and mm -hmm. um, began to look more into like how the, um, Basically, what's going on is the amounts are obscured by some sort of like hashing kind of thing, and you can perform like mathematical functions on those hashes without actually knowing what the values of those hashes are. Um, and then the the traditional range proofs was basically uh, some formula or some statement that would basically prove that those amounts, even if you didn't know them, were either not less than zero or greater than some arbitrarily large number. I, what I don't understand, and I need to do more research in the my question to you is where can I go to maybe do more research to try to understand how bulletproofs differ from range proofs um, in performing that oh, function? So, yeah. Good question. So, I mean, from, from a math perspective, the underlying math is really different. They serve exactly the same purpose. All you're saying is you basically hand someone this obscured amount, so you can't tell what it is, and you can hand them a, a proof that that amount lies within a particular range. And for us, it's like zero is the lowest amount, and you technically can have a zero output. It's allowed. You can have a, a zero amount output. And it's bounded by a very large number, but a very large number that doesn't screw with any of our group operations and, and all that kind of stuff. It's basically just a proof of that statement. The way we used to do it 
was like you break your amount number in, into bits and you prove stuff about the bits. And so it was really big and really bulky. And bulletproofs basically proves information about those bits, but it's able to compress it down a lot more. I'm not going to lie, like the math behind it's, it, it's pretty hairy in both cases, even more so in bulletproofs. Um, but they serve exactly the same purpose as the old ones did, just in Ryan, a much cleaner way. When you say hairy, uh, does that mean tough or does that mean we don't know how it works? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We, we, know how, we know how it works. It just, it's like, it's to really, to really understand and grok how it works, uh, you, you, you need to know some stuff about math. And okay, he sounds good. I trust you. I trust yeah. you. Yeah. So it's we work hard, so you don't have to. There actually have been there have been after since the paper's come out, and the paper has gone through many revisions, and it's actually gotten a lot, I think, clearer over time. There have been some good explainers that kind of break it down and show in more detail how it works. So I mean, if you're really into that, I could in my next monthly report, I could I could hunt some of them down and put them up there if you care about the guts of how Monero works. The beautiful thing right. is you don't really have to. It's like we ripped out the old thing and put the new thing in. By the way, thank you for helping during the week when I asked you my elliptic curve question. That was a stupid question, but thank you for your help, sir. This is something that, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's not up to any one person to have the responsibility of, of explaining how, how this kind of stuff works, but I, I recognize that there's many, in the, many people in the community who um, maybe don't have the literacy to actually like develop these sorts of things, but um, if we can, if we can develop some way to explain it and then propagate that information through to the other people in the community. It makes it, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think that's an important element of, of understanding Monero. Uh, yeah. The problem is like, it's, it's really one of those, like, if you're, if you're not really, if you're not really up on, on your math, you'd have to sit there for a few days and really work through it. It's, it's not like, it's, it's not easy. You know, part of part of the reason that it took a long, relatively long time, to get efficient range proofs is because it's tricky. You know, it's like no one saw it before. It was it was an iterative process of different techniques over time, and it kind of feels like a dickish thing to say to be like, oh, well, we can't explain it to the masses, you know, because uh, the masses just wouldn't get it. But this is this is actually kind it's, of but 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 in this case, it's one of those things of like, if someone's like, how do they work? It's like, uh, how much time do you have? Because it's 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 a lot. <laughs> Well, this is this is the what I see as the the real purpose of the Church of Monero is many hundreds of years ago when you had churches and religions. This was at a time when most people weren't literate, and so you had a large population of people that couldn't read sacred texts or whatever. And so then you had a class of people that the priests or the whoever the holy people were who were literate, who were able to read the kind of the embodied wisdom that humanity has stored over generations, and then was able to propagate that to the masses through stories. And so in this case not much has changed except what is literacy has changed. So now everyone can read and write, but literacy of the math, let's say. So in this case, we have, you know, a congregation of people in the Monero community that we would want to be able to explain how bulletproofs work and through some sort of story or some sort of um, easy to digest uh, method of explanation. But we need people with literacy uh, who really understand how it works to kind of help create that content to distribute yeah i should i should hunt down to see how some of these explainers people have worked up have gone because people have put a lot of effort into trying to make it better to explain so i should hunt that down i don't want to duplicate effort but i will i will shoot some info on my next monthly report sarang that that'd be really good and you know i spent a lot of time watching christoph parr's lectures uh, the german uh, cryptographer mathematician who spent a lot of time, like, I think now, you know, there's a few people in the community like myself who are able to explain elliptic curve stuff in simple terms, 
not with the level of, of detail, of course, that, that someone like you would understand it, but it might be worth maybe someone like myself putting together a few papers that, that explain things in very simple terms. Someone like you could vet it for, 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 for correctness. Um, and then someone like Ziago could, could disseminate it then to the, to, the, to the gen pop, you know? Yeah, and it depends what level we want, right? I mean, like Zero to Monero is a great example of a resource that yep. is, does a great job of explaining, you know, at, at a certain, assuming a certain level of, of, of mathematical literacy. And some of it's just like you have to assume a certain level of, of literacy. Um, I know that there is a plan. In fact, there's, I know we want to talk about the forum funding system a little bit too. There is a forum funding system idea post that will be to fund uh, an update to that document. And that could be very, very helpful too, to, uh, uh, to folks who are interested in learning more about it through the Zero to Monero document. If you haven't seen it, Zero to Monero is a great kind of self-contained explanation for how Monero works. Like, what is the math that goes into it? How does it work? Um, it needs to be updated, of course, and that needs to be funded because uh, there was some great work that went into it. So we'll probably post something on Reddit. I know when that goes up to funding. Okay, Aaron, I'm going to have one, I have one more question for you, and then we can move on to talking about uh, their 35C3 with... Uh, um with Persev over there so um so first um it's a pretty specific you can give a really short answer if you want why are the number of outputs in a transaction now limited to 16. oh so bullet the the, the way that we have to do the way that we do fee scaling now it used to be that you just paid a certain fee basically per you know kilobyte or whatever and that worked fine because if you added more outputs more destinations to a transaction like in a pool payout for example you would end up paying more because the size of the transaction would grow. But Bulletproof scales exceptionally well. Um, so we actually had to tweak the way that we compute fees a little bit in order to ensure that if you pack a transaction full of destinations, well, that's giving extra work to the network to verify it, but it doesn't get that big that fast. So if we just left fees the way that they were, you'd be paying very, very little to be able to cause the network to do a lot of work. Um, so we had to tweak the fee formula a bit to make that happen. It's still a fairly, there's no mathematical reason we have to restrict to 16. Um, we could have as many as we wanted to. Um, it was just what we decided to do in order to capture most of the of what we thought the general market was interested in doing um, while still keeping the fee formula fairly straightforward. Um, if there's a lot of desire for people to increase it, I know initially when we had the, the upgrade and the rollout, there were some questions from people who were trying to do really big transactions like that and they weren't working because you know, they, they weren't aware that we had that limit in place. There's a lot of desire to increase it. You know, we could we could talk about increasing it. You know? Perfect. Thanks. Um, so actually, running, before we move on, Diego, we got a we got a question in chat. And it says um, it was from Andres. It says, "What do you think would be a great age to aim to educate about Monero? Um, do you think it could be done at a primary education level?" So, just real quick, what are your, what are your general thoughts? What sort of audience are you trying to reach, and why? Well. Uh, I think the, the, the target audience for the Church of Monero is people who already know Monero. So um, people who are within the community, we, we haven't actually been doing any real outreach to people who don't already, who aren't already aware of Monero. Um, people maybe find us and, and then come and join the channel and, and participate in us, but um, well, with, the, with the group and our weekly mass and such. Um, that's a good question in terms of education for at what age. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think cryptocurrencies is even a broader question where you could say what age should should children be educated about cryptocurrencies? And 
I know for myself, I wasn't educated by anyone. I had to, I had to learn for myself how the technology worked and figure it out. Um, there wasn't someone who, who came and was like, Hey, you should come learn about this. Um, so I think a lot of it is people will just find it on their own and that will kind of be a natural being a, a form of natural selection um, for the, the, the general, general global population where those who have the capacity to do the research and devote the time and look into this kind of stuff and understand how it works will have an advantage over everyone else, I think, um, given the nature of uh, fiat currencies and the economic systems. But in terms of reaching out to children to teach them Monero, um, that's definitely not within the scope of the Church of Monero. Um, and yeah, um, if that answers the question. Yeah, question for you on the church. Like, uh, could you give, uh, just because I'm, I'm someone who does spend a lot of time on the, on the subreddit, a lot of time in the community. And uh, although I've seen your posts and I upvote them because I, I, quite, I quite like the, the vibe of them, uh, I'm just wondering, could you give people uh, the following two things? Number one, what's the crack? What happens in, in, in the church uh, when you're having a, you know, a sermon? And number two, how does someone join if they want to get involved? Awesome. Thank you for the, yeah. So, um, so what we do is pretty simple. Um, we have two masses. We have one on Wednesday for people in time zones like Australia and China at uh, Wednesday at 800 um, UTC. Uh, we have our main mass on Sunday at 1800 UTC. Um, basically, the way you join is you join our Telegram chat uh, at Church of Monero. Um, basically, all we're doing is we get a group of people who join the chat and say that they want to participate in that week's mass. Uh, and then what we do is we tell them, hey, make sure you have a Monero wallet preloaded with the equivalent of $5. It happens to be um, 0 0.0420 um, Monero, which is about $5 worth. And all okay. we do is we, uh, let's say we have a group of 15 people who are participating in our mass. We take those 15 people and we break them up into three, uh, we call them rings. So we have three different rings and we have uh, a group of pastors who have been um, who have been contributing for many weeks now and are very familiar with the process. And so one of our pastors will lead each of those rings. And what happens in each of those rings is everyone just sends the equivalent of $5 worth of Monero to each other in a, in a, in a circle of trust where you, everyone sends to everyone else in the ring. And so there's kind of like, you know, maybe someone might scam and might not send on Monero, but receive some Monero. Um, and so that's kind of the whole, the whole point of it is that there is that element of trust where you you're kind of and this is why we call it faith is that you have faith that people are going to uphold their word and do what they say they're going to do and for this for successfully participating uh it takes maybe 20 30 minutes of your time on for mass um and the only amount that you lose is the transaction fees and now that's down to pennies yeah. uh, and you get to participate and join with a group of you know community of people who are fun and you know they're, it's kind of stupid but it's kind of fun and that's what makes yeah. it fun and also, and also, also, it encourages transactions and encourages actually spending and then using. Exactly, and that's that's really I think the biggest technical benefit of our uh, weekly mass is that every time one of these transactions happened, what it's doing is it's increasing the overall privacy set of the Monero um, pool to choose from for outputs because we're generating new outputs on the blockchain, which can then be used to select for future transactions and make things right. more private. Eventually, we might increase the amount of what we send for people who have established reputation and trust. But right now, we're just sticking with $5 and we're using it as a way to build kind of a reputation system within our little community. Of course, there's reputation with the, the broader Monero community and all the developers and community members and people. But within our little sub ecosystem, we're trying, trying to develop a system of 
who is who is trustworthy, who is put in the time, who is an active member, and, and these sorts of things. Sweet. Okay. Thank you, both of you, um, especially Ziago, for explaining Very um, more about the church in the now. So, for the sake of time, I'm going to move it on to uh, Matthias to talk about the 35C3 and what work that he is doing to help have Monero have like have a great presence there and, and sort of the work on the ground that's being done with the uh, 35C3 work group. So Matthias, have a floor. Sure. Please let, cool. us, let us know or what we need to know about uh, the 35C3 and what it is. Okay, so the 35C3 is the annual uh, convention of the Chaos Computer Club uh, and it's called Chaos Communication Congress. And actually um, you can find a lot of the project progress that we are um, doing on the Tiger Get Monero Org uh, page that was actually initially created by Rera. And um, we tried to put together also a little bit of a background. Um, what, is, um, what is this and what, what happened there and what uh, was going on so far? So basically, um, there was the first Monero uh, implementation or the first time that Monero was part of this um, two years ago uh, with a small table and this has been growing into some larger event, basically. So last year we had um, a pretty large uh, dedicated area where we could, uh, for example, also showcase the open hardware project, the Monero um, open hardware team, and a lot of other things. And um, yeah, we are currently around like 14 people organizing this. You can find a lot of information in the Tiger Gate Monero um, wiki. And um, we're trying to get more people into um, joining and into creating a nice program Currently, um, we are looking into, um, there was actually the, the calls, um, the official call for papers out, and um, we submitted a lot of different um, projects there in the uh, main track, and now we're trying to collect um, a lot of other Monero-related content, and a lot of um, information. Um, it's actually listed there as a few talks that we collected already. We are aiming for our own stage there, and we also want to um, have a few workshops and other content that we will be putting there. So um, yeah, please look at the um, tiregapmonero.org uh, website and join this um, 33, 35C3 um, project and also make sure that you can help. We need a lot of help actually. So we have a few people that are there that are in Leipzig and we're also trying to, to organize um, a larger area where we can actually um, present a lot of different um, things regarding Monero. So we want to um, make sure that there's like a few workshops, also these educational resources that we have been talking about today could be actually displayed there. I'm not sure if my connection is still going, but I will actually continue talking because it looks like... I can see you and hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're, uh, you're yeah. good, you're good. That's, that's very good. Yeah, um, so basically, um, um, this uh, um, Congress is existing since 35 years, and it's very large. It's comparable to the to the um, to the DEFCON in the US, and um, it's the European DEFCON, so to say. So it would be really um, nice to bring a lot of um, different projects together. Also, there, I think it's also interesting to um, there's a lot of different privacy-related uh, projects that could also um, benefit from just meeting in person. So, for example, what I liked last year is to to meet a lot of um, narrow people, a lot of um, um, people that I know from IRC or from different um, contexts and to meet them in person. So it, it brought a lot of projects further, in my opinion, especially the open hardware um, uh, wallet was uh, I'm having a lot of um, benefit from meeting with um, other open hardware projects, which is a very strong topic at the CCC. 
But um, talking about um, organizing this whole thing, um, there's a lot of things to do. So there's logistics, there's um, things we want to prepare. Um, we also want to make sure that there's uh, material there, possibly from Monero Outreach. Um, we had a meeting at the HCCPP um, um, two weeks ago in Prague at the, um, at the um, Institute for Crypto Anarchy. And um, there was a lot of different Monero meetup organizers there that also um, wanted to help. And um, basically we are currently organizing through IRC. We're not sure if it's the best way we found out because um, a lot of um, scrubs don't find it there, <laughs> find the way there. So we, we want to um, make a little bit of an, um, a larger approach to get more people interested and more people to join the, the, the whole process. So there will be an IRC meeting on the 7th of November, actually on uh, Monero community where we will discuss this. And there's a lot of, um, actually a little bit of a talk going on in the meanwhile on um, Monero CCC, uh, which is also on Freenode, where we are discussing, for example, currently um, in, to make sure that there is enough tickets for, for everyone from the Monero community that wants to wants to go there. We also try to bring a lot of um, talks um, into the main program, so that's not up to us, obviously. So there is a there, there will be a selection, but um, we are aiming for, for our own stage ideally, and we're aiming for bringing a lot of um, community efforts there. So it would be cool um, to get you all. There and to have um, a lot of people actually from the community um, um, there to meet. And um, actually, we also um, discussed this. We want to um, make sure that there's an um, FFS for also bringing a few people that are um, not able to make it otherwise um, there on the ground. So we made an, um, it's a little bit complicated for the wiki. So you have to ask in another um, community or somewhere to be added to the, um, in order to edit it. Um, but uh, yeah, make sure to stick around in Monero CCC or Monero community and um, we will figure that out. And I can actually gladly explain also um, the different efforts that have been undertaken, but it's, it should be all on the wiki actually also. I will also be at the um, uh, C3 event. Amazing. <laughs> I want to try to be there. It's fun, fun stuff seeing you guys. And kicking missions and stuff. It's great. It's a great time. Um, we had a great time at DEF CON and uh, the European people should have a, a chance to have that same, that same sure. time. Sure. There's a lot Geago. of pictures also from the from last year. So it's, it's actually a pretty large event. So I think it's comparable to DEF CON actually. Diego, a quick question. Do you think you could, because uh, I think the Church of Monero thing, I, did, I didn't get what it was. Now I do basically what it is. It's, it's fuck all to do with religion. And instead it's a lot to do with propagating the idea and the usage of Monero, right? It's about kind of building the, the use of it. Do you think maybe you could move it off Telegram onto a more, or maybe maybe I'm, I'm out of touch, maybe I'm not cool anymore, but a more approachable or more kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe like a Google Hangouts or well, I don't know what's cool right now. I, I don't really know, but like something, because not everyone has Telegram. It'd be cool if it was more open, maybe on Twitter or I don't know, something. How do you feel? Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Um, I. <laughs> Right now, our group is, is relatively small. I mean, we still have like maybe 15, 20 people that show up average on per week and maybe 40 people that have participated total. Um, but I expect that to grow as the Monero community itself grows. Um, we were discussing maybe moving to something that would align better with Monero's cypherpunk ideals. So something like RetroShare, which is a peer-to-peer -peer encrypted uh, messaging platform that also runs over I2P. So people would get the benefit of it. Cool. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. We could, we, we could learn about that uh, about that product 
or that 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 service while whilst whilst doing it, right? And it's open source, so it's uh, it also subscribes to the ideals that way. Um, but but generally, getting people to transition from one platform to another is can be a very difficult process, um, especially once they're established. Um, and as you said, yeah, the, the purpose of the Church of Monero isn't some it, it's it's for idea propagation. And I think the idea is that uh, Monero is a meme, uh, and the church and, and Christianity or religion is also a meme. And I'm kind of combining these two memes: the, the viral nature of religion and the technical nature of Monero, and seeing this thing grows. It's cool. I'll be at the next service. I would love to. Thank you. Uh, so before we end, I want to I want to give a quick plug to something I'm working on. SGP, is that okay? Yeah. So real quick, any any questions for our Mateus regarding uh, 35C3? We haven't gotten any in chat, but if you are watching this and you have questions for the 35C3, let us know so we can make sure that we can address them here. But it, it's a if it's anything like DefCon, which it sounds like it is, there's going to be a large number of people there, especially a large number of people from the the Monero community. So if you can make it it's worth your time so i'll sign an autograph for whoever comes <laughs> yeah and uh and uh, diego's handing out autographs for everyone so you definitely yeah. should be the, if if you didn't already have reason enough <laughs> right I, I should make my own trading cards like with various pictures of myself and you guys can trade them all amongst each other and i could put them on the blockchain even it's like pepe cash but diego cash I anyway just imagine you having like a magic the gathering type card you hand around. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, I, I know that uh, Diego, you wanted to include in this meeting some things about what you're doing, also something so like related to the Monero games, and if you could also wrap us up with some of the form funding system developments and, and things going on, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, first thing I've been working on is called the Monero games, and so basically the issue is. In a society of freedom like Monero, there is no incentivization to do a lot of things. There's no incentivization to run a node, to give to the forum funding system, to um, to offer volunteer to help answer questions and support this type of stuff. There's there's very little incentivization besides good job, attaboys, pats on the back by other people, building your reputation, and that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. Um, so the Monero games, which launched uh, with the hard fork is really just a, a way to try to gamify a lot of these things, like gamify giving support to people, gamify giving to the foreign funding system. So the idea is that if you answer X amount of questions in the Monero support subreddit, like you get, the, the more questions you answer, the higher your tier goes. And, and each tier has something like, uh, it has a name, like the grassy tier, the stony tier, the, the gold tier, the, 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 the bronze tier. And uh, these names will be displayed like on the the subreddits, um, the, the the official one, and like the same for the form funding system. If you give to the form funding system, you can reveal that you gave in exchange for some uh, points to get onto a different set of tiers. And and uh, I don't know SUP if you have the link to post the rules there, but um, it's it's pretty fun. So like. Uh, you know, we, we, we're basically just trying to give out titles to people based on their participation. And then there's also things like raffles, like every um, every month there will be a raffle and the higher tier you are, the more tickets you get and you can get a free shirt from Cypher Market or something like that. So we're trying to trying to incentivize people to uh, to give to the forum funding system and to offer support. And then maybe even later down the road. So I, I'm trying to keep it to those two for now so I, I can um, kind of test out uh, the the engagement and stuff, but there's nothing to say that further down the line we can't have similar 
uh, just like the Olympics has many different things, swimming and gymnastics, we can have a developer arm where the more you contribute code or the more tests that you do, um, you can get points for that as well. And so at the end of the games, like we're gonna crown a master of the game. And so they reset every, every hard fork. So the next hard fork in six months, um, and we're gonna crown at this, we're gonna crown a winner, and then the next uh, set of games is gonna begin. Um, and the winner gets a whole bunch of free stuff from me, and I'll, you know, if they're willing to, to reveal where they are, like I'm gonna send them a bunch of stuff, digital stuff, it doesn't matter. Uh, so just just trying to make it fun, just trying to make it a game so people can 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 have can compete, friendly competition, do some fun stuff with that. So that's one of the things I've been working on. Um, and this, this is particularly important because the forum funding system right now is is suffering a little bit. It's the tragedy of the commons. Everyone's hoping that everyone else will donate and they can they don't have to donate, they can still reap all the rewards. But it's also a case that funding the people that are very important, like Monero Moo, Saray, and Sarang is a lot of money because these people are worth a lot of money um, and they're, they're worth every penny believe me but uh they, they cost the community a lot of money so then after we fund them everyone else is like okay we're kind of get we're kind of all gived out so there if you go to forum.getmonero.org and you go to the funding required there's a lot of proposals there that are partially funded halfway funded Let's get those funded. You know, like if you're watching, spread the word. Talk to your talk to your friends. Let's get some of these funded. We don't want to have to wait for whales to come in and donate a bunch of money. I would love to see ten uh, a, a proposal of, that wants fifty Monero to get filled by like two hundred people giving zero point five Monero. I, or you know, uh, I, I would love to see the number of contributors to be massive, even if it's everyone just giving 0.1 Monero, because that means that people are getting involved. So um, that's that's what I'd really like to see, instead of waiting for somebody to come and give like 100 Monero and finish this off, because that's, come on guys, we, we're better than this, we can do better than this. Um, but I am working on, uh, I am working on um, a revamp to the form funding system. This has been in progress for the past Year and several months, um, we're, we're moving the form funding system from where it currently resides, which is very prone to spam. I tried to delete that spam every two, three days because um, I have mod rights there. If you haven't read the spam yet, go read the spam. It is my favorite pastime now. It's so good. They are so funny. I love the spam. So before I get rid of it, go to forum.getmonero.org. Go to the ideas section and go read the spam. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we're, we're moving so from a separate site that's its own little self-contained form system we're moving so that way you're just going to stay on the getmonero.org website everything's going to be there um, I mean some of it's going to be handled via GitLab but uh, you're going to be able to fund everything through there and, and it's look it looks so much better and it's not as confusing and it's not as hideous and outdated so that's coming soon for sure before the end of the year hopefully well before then well before then but uh, I can share some screenshots if anyone's interested. Contact me. I'll send you some screenshots. That's stuff we're working on. It looks really good. I hate to brag, but do a decent job with this kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that, that's coming up in the pipeline. And it's going to have things like QR codes there automatically. So all you have to, mobile people have to do is just scan it because I know that's one of the most requested features. It's also going to have like a JSON feed. So if you want to just put a list of open funding stuff in your website or anything, you can just pull from that. You can just go ahead and pull from that API and just pull that into your stuff so we can post that everywhere and get in people's faces. Um, that's it from me. Check out the Monero games. I don't know if SGP posted. Um, 
something there. Maybe he did. Did you post it? Yeah, I posted a link to the. Okay. Yeah. If you have any questions about the rules or the games or the whatever, contact me. I'm the game master. I, I mean, I make, I'm making all the rules. I'm the dictator here, so it's great. It's great being me. Um, if you have questions about the game, form, funding system, anything, let me know. I'm done talking. We're over time. We need to end soon. Love you all. Diego, one last thing, Diego. When is yeah. CypherMarket getting even more new designs? I love the designs, but when, when, when are you guys getting new stuff? Oh, dude, when's the last time you checked? Uh, yesterday. Maybe okay. two weeks. No, we can go. We can go. Okay, so like two weeks ago, we added more designs, and we should be getting even more designs, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. And we got, it's not just Monero on there. If you want to support different form fun, I mean, different uh, open source software projects, we got Hoonix on there. If you want to support Hoonix, 75% of the Hoonix trick goes to Hoonix. We've got uh, like KeyPassXE, which is a key, uh, which is a password manager. We've got Veracrypt. Uh, it encrypts your computer and stuff like that. Great stuff. And we're, we're always looking for designers. We, we pay designers up front. If, any, if you guys know designers, you are designers, whatever, contact me. We will pay you guys to get more designs for these things on there awesome. uh, because we, just, we are just so passionate about helping all the open source software get, get their stuff done. So complete awesome. their visions. Well done, Diego. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Diego. Just to wrap it up a little bit, a few, just a few more updates regarding uh, form funding system uh, requests. So it is obviously very important for us to fund these proposals. There's several open currently that have stagnated a little bit. So if you can contribute, um, we, we put a lot of work into these Monero games to encourage people to contribute. And we need to have people contribute to make this community continue to be a reality. Um, a few things coming up. Um, Zero to Monero, a resource we discussed earlier, um, has a form funding system proposal and ideas that likely will be moved soon in order, in order to update it to cover multi-sig and bulletproof. So that, again, pretty much the best resource that we currently have for people that want to learn about Monero. And so there was a form funding system to update it with the latest versions. Um, similarly, Saray and Sarang, uh, Sarang was a person who was here earlier, um, are going to be making a form funding system proposal soon to um, cover uh, some of the costs to go to a large Stanford academic conference. Uh, we all know, or many people know Benedict Boons, who is one of the authors of the Bulletproofs paper. He actually is the person that is running the conference this year or early next year um, in Stanford. So um, it's, it's a big ordeal. It's, there's a lot of discussion about how to specifically improve a lot of the things that Monero uses. So it's generally a good use of time. Um, and uh, I think that's generally all I have for the uh, form funding system updates, really everything else that, that's available. Um, there's still many other important form funding system things to improve. Um, we put a lot of work into the games, of course, to encourage people to contribute. Um, and at this point, does anyone have any uh, leftover concerns, questions that we can do before we, we wrap up here? I know we went a little over. I hope um, that's all okay with everyone. <laughs> All right, so no one here, no last thoughts. All right, so, um, oh, one last thought I had for the uh, Monero, ch the Church of Monero, actually. So, Ziago, maybe one thing you could do, just putting it out there, <laughs> is integrate with the Monero games in some way to somehow reward members for achieving these sort of status items. Is that something you've considered, thought about at all? We can integrate with the games. Anyway, I have to go. Um, I'll catch you all later, and you guys can finish this without me. I'm so sorry. You won't be able to see me anymore. Bye, guys. I love you all. You're my best friend. Bye.
Ja. Right, right, right. Uh, I don't know. Um, I haven't thought about it. Um, yeah, I'm kind of doing my thing with the Church of Monero, and uh, I, I hope the, the, the Monero Games is very successful. Awesome. There's this great video of Arira um, at DevCon uh, testing the Monero Games. I'm, I'm not sure if it's a public video, but that's, that's a good one. Yeah, a game show at the, uh, yeah. the closing ceremonies. <laughs> that was pretty funny, where they had the audience snap for correct answers or say, aww, collectively, if there was a mistake. It was pretty funny. That was a good time. It was a good, he had an hour for a closing speech, so I think he did his best to sort of <laughs> fill the time with things people would be interested in. Um, okay, um, so with that, thank you all for coming. I really appreciate all of you for participating in the coffee chat, including Serang and Diego and uh, Maria, who were able to attend for the first uh, either majority or first uh, little bit. And also thank you for everyone for watching the Monero Coffee Chat on YouTube, especially if you asked us questions and participated. We're happy to have you all here. If no one watched this, it wouldn't really be worth our time. So it's great for us to sort of communicate, get the word out for people who are interested in getting more involved. And we covered several ways for you to get more involved um, in this episode, whether it is by participating in the, in the Monero Games, by donating or answering support questions or joining the Church of Monero, if, if you're thing, um, or if it's uh, just helping us with the upgrade process to make things smoother. There are really tons of ways for you to help, so we encourage you to generally get more involved in the community. Um, and uh, yeah, next Coffee Chat will be next week. And um, thank you all for your time. And uh, sorry, do you have one last thing, Ziago, or just I yeah, I just wanted to thank you, Justin, for putting this together and consistently running these coffee chats. I think this is a great way for different um, areas of the of the ecosystem to to get together and discuss ideas. And honestly, you know, thank you very much for doing this. All right, thank you, everyone. I uh, appreciate it. Thanks. Um, and we will see you all next month. Take care.